1: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The great thing for me in the University of Florida, NIL is going to be a strength here. So... You know, we've got our strategy and our plan, and we're excited about executing that going forward. You know, and we just happen to be at a place uh, that has tremendous history, tradition. NIL is no problem; it's a slam dunk at Florida, and we're going to. Our players are going to benefit from that, and we're going to execute that and try to help our team and help the Gators win.
0: College programs must be competitive in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes and affects the decision of recruits and Gator fans can put Florida at the forefront of name, image, and likeness. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student-athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. In this talent acquisition business, name, image, and likeness will play a huge role in Florida returning to the elite status of college football. It can start here. Join the Gator Collective. Link is in the description. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today.
1: Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in
0: Gator Nation. Oh man, certainly not a dull moment today. Gators Breakdown's ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Exciting, exciting day, Gator Nation. The 904 Heavy right here. Shreef Denson last week, but... Let's bring it to today on this Thursday, July 7th. Marcus Stokes, quarterback out of Ponte Vedra, Nice, commits to the Gators. Running back, Treyon Webb out of Trinity Christian, commits to the Gators. Big day for the Gators on the recruiting front, on the trail, and pretty much dialed in to the 904 right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. So plenty to get into with those two commitments. Denny Thompson from 1010XL. Six points quarterback training right here in Jacksonville. He trains Marcus Stokes, so you'll get a little uh, more. If if you're not in the Jacksonville area, you probably don't. And if you don't listen to their podcast, you probably haven't really heard Denny say too much about Marcus Stokes. But, uh, you know, they got a podcast out there um, with, with Denny, talks Gators, talks quarterbacks uh, but he's going to join me right here on gators breakdown to give you even more behind the scenes look uh, at Marcus Stokes so and look Treyon Webb hey look it was early it was early he was supposed to commit on Monday I told you guys last episode I felt good about that one uh, but I guess with Stokes coming on board why wait uh, get the uh you know the the Jacksonville area the 904 ready to go right here so uh, good news I told you guys it's uh, it's a roller coaster. Recruiting's a roller coaster. So this is one of those high points. So hopefully there's a lot more of those uh, to come uh, on the recruiting trail. But before we get started, I know you're all happy right now. I'm happy, especially these guys in the Jacksonville area, uh, and uh, you know I get a little bit more access uh, to, to to these commitments. So that's why I was able to bring a Denny on. Uh, so. Uh, but hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Really, really helps us out. You guys know I'm going to be ready to go with an episode for you. So you know, if you like what we do here on Gators Breakdown, you guys, I, I'm, uh, I tried, tried to be on standby. Today was a crazy day. Uh, and then this on top of it. So, uh, But it took me a little while to get some graphics made. Do the interview, uh, you know, get, get Denny lined up for the interviews. So, uh, finally, being able to bring you the episode here. But hit that like button, hit that subscribe button really helps us out. Help us get to 10,000 subscribers before the season starts. Check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown, news 4 jaxcom Gators Breakdown. You definitely want to go check us out there because, as I said, these are Jacksonville commits. Justin Barney, who's covered high school football in the area for years and years and years, the go-to source for high school football in the Jacksonville area. Uh, He put an article out uh, with with this news today uh, of these commitments, so uh, be sure to check that out there. Uh, And then the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord, hopping, happy, everybody with their hair on fire there. Uh, So a lot of good stuff going on at Gators Breakdown Plus as well. So let's get this started like we do every time... Florida reel somebody in, Gator Nation. We got to commit. Let's start right here. Quarterback Marcus Stokes. He was the first one to pop today. I told you guys last episode. You New know, quarterback. The talk was going on behind the scenes there. And this one, it, it, don't I, don't get me wrong. It happened a little faster than I thought it would. Uh, but here we go. Marcus Stokes commits to the Gators six two. 185-pound quarterback from Ponte Nice. Yes, that is where Tim Tebow played, uh, if you did not know that. But I'm sure 99% of you out there did know. But let's take a look at his ranking here. Very polarizing ranking here. Disparity right here in the rankings. But let's start with the four-star on the 24-7 sports composite. He is the 397th overall player and the 22nd ranked quarterback in the class of 2023. The only three consensus, he's a three-star there, the 539th overall player, and the 29th quarterback on the only three consensus. So, there's a lot of disparity there. Uh, so, going to dive into the rankings a little bit and show you why. Maybe things will change as he's went through this camp circuit all summer. He was at Elite 11 last week. Uh, we'll get into that with Denny here, but... Here's, here's how it breaks down and why. 24-7 sports, their sole rankings, this is not the composite, where they bring in the own three and the rivals and the ESPN and they mesh them all together. 24-7 sports own rankings, just their rankings, not the composite, has stokes all the way up to the 173rd ranked player in the country. Overall, they have him as a top 200 prospect, 173rd ranked player. They have him as the 10th best quarterback. In the class of 2023. So that's where the four-star stature comes in. That's where uh, the the top of his rankings go. But on three, there are sole rankings. They don't have him ranked overall at all. But they do have him ranked as the 17th quarterback in the country. ESPN, he's not ranked nationally there either. But he is ranked as the 14th quarterback in the country. And this one's kind of weird to end it. Rivals doesn't rank him overall either, but has him as the ninth best quarterback in the country. So I think there's something weird going on with the way these rankings are, especially Rivals. I don't understand, you know, 24-7 sports has him in their sole rankings as the 10th best quarterback. So that equals the 173rd overall player. Rivals has him as the ninth best quarterback, one spot better, but not ranked overall at all so i that's kind of confusing to me. I don't know where that goes uh, so I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not trying to say you should feel better or you should feel worse about Marcus Stokes, and you go out there and you can watch this film uh yourself if you want to make your own determination, but you know from the recruiting services, this is what they show, and this is what this is how they got there. So maybe some things change uh It's weird that he's not ranked nationally on three of the four services out there. I think that will change, but as it stands right now on the day he commits, this is what it looks like. So look, guys, I was only turning to one place to get analysis on Marcus Stokes. My good friend, Denny Thompson, who trains Marcus Stokes, there was nobody better to go to. He's going to break it down. He's going to give us all the info on Marcus Stokes better than anybody. And uh, yep, we got him uh, ready to go. All right, joining me right here on Gators Breakdown on the day of Marcus Stokes committing to the University of Florida, his trainer from out of Jacksonville, Denny Thompson. You can hear him on 1010XL. He trains Marcus Stokes at six points quarterback training. Denny, I know it's a busy day for you, uh, and with with the commitment going on, everything you have going on with the actual training as well. So thanks uh, for taking some time out and joining me right here on Gators Breakdown. Not
1: always, man. Always, always a... Joy to talk with you, Dave.
0: All right, Danny. let's get to it. And take us through the journey a a little bit of this recruitment and Marcus Stokes. Uh, How hard was it for Marcus to decommit from Penn State and flip to Florida?
1: Yeah, it it was probably the toughest decision I've ever seen a kid make. And and all the time I've been doing this. Um, And it it was interesting. like The whole recruitment process – of all of this kind of coming together was, was really unique. And in some ways, like a, like a Disney story for Marcus, um, you know, M- Marcus, Marcus's dream school was Florida. And it was, it was Florida all along. I was, as long as I've known Marcus, which I've trained in for three or four years now, um, it's always been Florida and that offer did not come early. And, uh, and Marcus kind of blew up and, and you know, committed went ahead and committed to Penn State after a bunch of offers and after you know, I think two trips up there, and he really legitimately loves Penn State. And to see him agonize for the past week or so, it wasn't like, do I want to go to Florida? That wasn't the question because he was fairly certain of that right right away. But it was that, golly, like I'm going to let down Penn State. Yeah. And, and it was it was a really tough decision for him. It, it, I keep saying it that way. Let me back that up. Babe. It wasn't a tough decision. It was a tough action. Right. And it was a it, it, it's a it's an 18 year old making a grown man phone call or 17 year old making a grown man phone call. I mean, imagine being 17 and having to call Coach Franklin yeah, and tell him, you know, you're you're not you're not coming. There. And so, you know, the last couple of days, it was it was really the last day. It was, okay, how how do you want to do this? And and you know, what's more respectful to decommit, commit, decommit, hold a couple of days. And it was and every decision was about how do we respect uh, Coach Franklin and Coach Yersich at at Penn State. And so I, I think this of, of all the ones that we've had, I, I think this was the one that that I really saw the kids struggling. Um, not to make the decision, but to make that phone call, and, and it, it slapped me right in the face. I remember when Carson Beck had to make that phone call uh, to Coach Saban, and I kind of flashed back to that. But I think in a lot of ways, this was harder on Marcus than that was on Carson, uh, decommitted from Alabama. So I, I respect Marcus. He grew up a lot today. Um, you know, got that experience of having to make a very difficult phone call and ex- and taking care of yourself over somebody else that you care about and and so that's uh hats off to marcus for for that stress of today
0: did you know a couple of that i think i gotta remember this right was it so everybody who doesn't know you you train anthony richardson too wasn't there uh anthony richardson penn state connection as well before he ultimately committed to florida
1: (laughs) (laughs) there was yeah well if you remember i think it was it he decommitted Yep. right? right yep this the infamous anthony Richard Carson back day
0: uh, <laughs> hey i you and, that me and you that day and the text messages were flying buddy
1: <laughs> uh, yeah so it, it was that was the most awkward day of my life but um, yeah i think it was in between the time he decommitted and recommitted listen i mean if, if you're a quarterback ohio state penn state you know places like that you you want to be they they have a track record developing guys they've put a ton of resources into the facility that they developed their guys. I have an amazing relationship um with with Penn State. I hope I still do. Uh, I'm assuming <laughs> I still do. Uh, and so I mean that that is a Marcus decommitting from Penn State opened up a spot, you know, for somebody else to probably flip. I don't know. I don't know anything about it, but right. it's that good of a spot. And this was literally the only place that Marcus would have even considered um you know flipping for.
0: What um, what have you seen behind the scenes that makes Florida uh, attractive to Marcus? Of what, um, of, of what you're proximity. allowed to share, of what you're allowed to share, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think the the proximity was big to him. They moved here from Maryland a couple years back, and you know, I think initially the thought of going back up to the Northeast was a little comforting for Marcus. But the more he thought about it, it's like, man, I, I don't really want to go back up there. I, I like Florida. Marcus is a you know, even though he's not technically from here, he is a Florida boy. Like if you talk to him yeah. for any amount of time, you'll you'll figure that out. So I think the proximity was a big, you know, conversation starter and, and where it kind of all started. But I think just the vibe that Florida has right now, and it's it's very business like down there, and they have a good time. They're good with the kids. They're good with the recruiting. But I think Marcus felt that. I think he felt that from from both uh, Coach Napier and Coach O'Hara of they weren't taking this offer lightly. Uh, they were doing a ton of research, um, and it was a serious deal for them. And, and I think he he was drawn to that in addition to the location. And and you know for whatever reason I don't I don't know what it is but he always just couldn't stop talking about about Florida. Uh,
0: I heard you say on Ten Ten Excel. I've listened to you on the way home today, and. You said Florida was the only offer, and you said it earlier too. Florida was the only school that can make Marcus change his decision from Penn State uh, and go into another school. Look, I mean, you know, FSU's right down the road. Uh, of course, Miami already has her quarterback, but you know that timeline could have been earlier. Uh, he could have, you know, maybe shown more interest to Miami or Georgia or Auburn. Uh, was it, you know, did? did was, was there more than more than location? Uh, I guess I, I guess I have to say, you know, yeah. you, you, you said Florida was it and that was the only school that can make it happen. Yeah, I think, you know, here's what I think it is, David. I think when
1: you're, you know, when you're 17 and, and you're an elite athlete like Marcus is and you excel at that level. You have these expectations of what you want to see when you go to a visit. And and I think most kids, if they're being honest, will say that they grew up a fan of somebody. And they have, you know, these, these huge expectations of, man, if I ever get a chance to be recruited by them, this is what it's going to be like. And that expectation is always tough to fulfill from the college, but Florida did it. Like the expectation that Marcus had of what Florida would be, even before he really knew what it was, he just knew he was a fan and he just knew he wanted to be there. The expectation was high, but then the execution of Florida's recruitment of Marcus and what the vibe that Florida has created, was was higher than that expectation, and and I think when you're recruiting in-state guys who grew up a fan of your program, or have that thought that that's where they want to go, I think that's a hard thing uh, that not a lot of people really even consider when they talk about these these in-state you know recruiting battles or why is Florida losing somebody to Georgia or Ohio State or Clemson or whatever it is. Uh, it, it's a it's a tough man. It's a tough putt, man. It it really is, and I think they just are. In a place right now where they're exceeding expectations, which is, you know, if, if you listen to anything I do at all, I've been saying the past couple of weeks, like y'all are y'all are jumping the gun on this Florida stuff, right? And just because I'm around so many different schools, I I've got a good sense of that vibe and 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 what they're pitching and how they're pitching it, and, and Florida's going to be just fine. All
0: right, Dean, let's get to Marcus just a bit here in the type of quarterback he is. You know, what does he do well, and what does he need to work on? Um, you know,
1: he's, he's super creative. I mean, that's the, if you watch, if if anyone wants to go watch this film, what you'll see early on is not a traditional passer. And, and you'll see, you know, I would comp it more, you see a little bit of it with Anthony and we'll talk about Anthony in a little bit and where he's at, but you know, Bryce Young type, you know, creativity, uh, Patrick Mahomes type creativity, Aaron Rodgers is probably the OG of that creativity, right? it's it's being able to see something and then execute it that nobody else sees or can execute and that and that's what marcus does so well and his personality and his leadership skills are are through the roof um you know i I've, I've shared a couple of things that we've we put out on marcus today mm-hmm. and he's got that when he walks into a room you f- you feel his presence there and that's that's saying a lot I, I spend my life around alphas and and so when i notice it it's, it's, it's there. And I noticed it right away on Marcus and, you know, everybody that encounters him notices it. So I think he's, you know, I think that's a strength now, you know, from, as far as a weakness is concerned, I'm always real hesitant to talk about weaknesses. There's, there's areas of improvement, like you said, but we got to remember we're talking about not fully developed, you know, 17 year old.
0: And, and, um, and didn't and before five. you go on that, he doesn't have a lot of experience, right? Didn't he kind of get thrust into the starting role last year? At Nice. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he started. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Colin drafts has done an amazing job. And I, I think he would back
1: me up on this. I think Colin knew the head coach at Nice that Marcus was going to be his guy yeah. the year before. It was just he did a really good job of we're going to bring you along this path and and had him play JV games to get experience. And then when he felt like he was ready, it's like, OK, we're going to go as far as as you take us. Right. So, you know, but, but the things he needs to work on, I, I, I think this is pretty consistent for most guys. The main thing is just that general strength, right? Of, yeah, you work out hard. Everybody works out hard. You got to work out hard. You got to go harder because we need to put, you know, 10, 15 pounds because his expectations come in and complete, compete right away. So if we're looking at that, by the time he gets done with next football season, he needs to be up 10, 15. And by the time he enrolls at Florida, he needs to be up another 10. So we're, we're looking at 25 pounds there. And so the amount of focus that that takes in is, is is probably the area that I want him to really buy into and focus on because it, it it's it's a brutal world if you go over there at one ninety.
0: Right, and I and and I have you know watched the highlights that you you, you referenced there, and I do notice he throws a lot on the run. Uh, most of that looks designed by moving the pocket. Of course, you know trying to also uh, maybe make some throwing lanes a bit easier, uh, evade pressure that comes in. Uh, the type of offense that he plays in, Danny, how does that translate? And if you watch those highlights of him, uh, you know trying to move that pocket a bit.
1: No, I, again, I'll give uh, I'll give Coach Drafts a ton of credit on this. He's he's moved the offense around. Marks the skill set and and he had they had some really good receivers last year and Colin's a quarterback guy and so he he knows what he's doing and so uh you know I think that offense it fits him perfectly I think it's actually I think there's a lot of similarities in what they do and what Florida's going to do um so I you know schematically this is I think this is a perfect fit for for Marcus and for Florida a yeah.
0: couple more Denny here. if you got you got time a couple more yeah, man. Okay. Uh, you, you kind of read my mind where I was going next with this. It, you know, It's been said a lot about Napier's offense. If you go back and look at Louisiana, oh, it's going to be running back focused. It's going to be run heavy and maybe not appeal to quarterbacks. Well, it, it just appealed to an Elite 11 quarterback. Right. Yeah. I, I mean,
1: everybody wants to be run heavy. Everybody says they're going to be run heavy because that controls time in football games and Energy and willpower and all of it, right? You can literally defeat a man's will um, if you if you can run the ball. So I, I think the expectation of Florida is that that you know that's the mentality that they want to install, like every other coach does. But they also get paid a lot of money to make adjustments. And so if they're you know if, if they're recruiting a certain type of kid and they've got a certain type of kid there now, you, you better believe that they're going to utilize that. Right. So I, I don't put a whole lot into what they did at Louisiana. Um, I'm looking at, OK, what what does he do when he's got, you know, Louisiana on steroids with the athletes that he's got? And he gets a chance to really, you know, scheme things up and, and scheme up you know certain matchups. So I, I, I think Napier and, and their staff are more than capable of, of adjusting that offense around the skill set of
0: their team. Yeah, we'll get into that. What they do uh, this season with Anthony Richardson. There are a couple more thoughts on Stoke before, Stokes before I get there, Denny. How do you and maybe the Florida staff balance your work and what and what the staff wants in a quarterback? Uh, man. I, I mean, I
1: think that's really an Anthony question, right? Like that, in generically speaking. Um, we have great relationships with most
0: staffs and I'm going uh, with Sto- and, and with Stokes there too with you training him and them you know Florida looking at him?
1: Yeah so it doesn't play at all in that okay right so what I do at, at that level and, and where Marcus is at is we're science-based mechanical here's where, here's how we're still trying to figure out how we get the most out of your body when you throw something right and so that's my focus regardless of the offense that they play in currently or want to play in, um, you know, that's what we're doing. We're starting to, you know, really kind of work on that mental side and, and and all that kind of stuff. Now, once they get to college and they're in that offense and the staff has had, you know, time to, to, to see where they're they're excelling at and maybe where they're not, then we'll have some communication because I spend a lot of time with these guys when their coaches are not allowed to, mm-hmm. right? So if we're on the same page, regardless of the school, regardless of the kid, then he's going to perform better. If he performs better, then we're all accomplishing the same thing, and so you know, with Florida, I'm 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 dialed in with them, and and I know exactly, you know, what we're trying to accomplish with Anthony right now, and eventually what we will try to accomplish with with Marcus in, in time.
0: Okay, good, good to hear there. Uh, I've I've always wondered, you know, the relationship between a, a quarterback trainer uh, and especially uh, Anthony and a, and a college quarterback, but now dating to the high school, I see how the relation. Uh, is a little bit different between college and high school now so yeah all right uh, one more thing on Stokes here elite 11 last week what did you take away from him being out there what did he take away from being out there uh, you know because that's a, yeah, a pretty big honor for the for, for these quarterbacks out there
1: yeah we had uh, we had two there and uh, and it's always that's always a good barometer it's always a good kind of all right this is where our guys stand around the best of the best as far as, you know, Marcus. last Was that just last
0: week? Yeah. Fourth of July weekend. Always.
1: Oh my gosh. It it (laughs) seems like that was a month ago. Um, you know, Marcus had an awesome first night Uh, and he was arguably the best guy there. Um, And then, you know, I think, and I'm not making excuses for Marcus, but the second day, I, I think he was a little worn down. Um, the way this offer came about all that kind of stuff happened right before he left for elite 11. And, you know, I, I know mentally where he was. No. Um, so I, 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 you know, I think Marcus is, is easily, you know, a top 10 quarterback in the country. And I, and I think, you know, he probably showed that he, he belongs in that top 10 while he was out there and he took a lot away from it. So, you know, all in all successful trip for, for, for Marcus and, and, um, you know, it's, it's a great measuring stick because uh, there's there's only so many of these guys that get that invite.
0: Right, right. right then he close it right here. Let's move to the current Gators, quarterback Anthony Richardson. You spent a lot of time with him. Uh, I hear Napier is excited for what he has behind center at the quarterback position with Anthony Richardson. So what steps are you looking for? Forward for Anthony Richardson to take off uh, in Billy Napier's first year, and what kind of you know uh, talent does he bring to the quarterback position in Napier's first year?
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, he's taken some massive steps already. This this has been the best five, four months of training that we've had. I was trying to think about when he got cleared to throw. Was, you know I think the week before spring or right. a couple weeks before spring. And, and you can tell, like he's he's zoned in, and he's always been a big guy. But he's bigger in a better way now, and he's healthy. And so it's really let us, you know, figure out, okay, what what are we really what what really is Anthony as a thrower, um, and then ultimately as a leader. And so we've been able to check a lot of things that in the past we haven't been able to check. And it's it's been an amazing uh, off season for Anthony Richardson, and and I think. You know, there's a big year ahead for him. I I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that translates into wins. And, and, you know, I don't like comparing numbers and stuff like that of past guys. But he he's he's got the skill set to do things that have only been done a few times in the college football game. And now if he can apply it and Florida can put him in the right places like we could see something really special this year.
0: Danny, I mean, it, it kind of blew up. I mean, just a couple months ago, we start seeing mock drafts for next year, and there's Anthony Richardson firmly in the top five and top ten. So it's kind of it's kind of coming about pretty fast for him as well.
1: Yeah, and that, that, that's an you know, there's so many interesting stories behind these stories. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I wasn't surprised by it because we kind of started hearing that during the season last year on our end, right? Um, with some connections we have at the next level. And so during the season, you know, we were getting quite a bit of that. And then, you know, the, the, the combine comes around and they, they only take a certain number of underclass who aren't eligible Ah. and kind of walked them through it. And, And Anthony was one of those. And so at that point it kind of hit me. I'm like, okay, this is, this is serious. And then, yeah, you started seeing mocks of him at six and, and things like that. And, you know, for us, it's just, we talk about it and we don't ignore it. We talk about it, but it is, it has helped fuel a lot because now there's expectations so there's expectations and there's opportunity. And and I, both of those are good. So it, it's it's definitely fueled the fire a little bit this offseason.
0: All right, Denny, man, thank you so much for dishing right here on Marcus Stokes and Anthony Richardson. Uh, one more time, six points jacks right here, quarterback training uh, here in Jacksonville. You can hear Denny on 1010XL podcast there, uh, on the radio uh, every so often as well. Uh, Denny, uh, anything else you want to plug, man, before you get off of here?
1: No nah, man, just uh, happy for Marcus and and Florida's getting somebody they're gonna fall in love with, man. So it's a great day, it's a fantastic day. Not not because I'm a Florida fan, but because I'm a Marcus fan, and that's this is exactly what he wanted.
0: Yeah, and he even had some fun with it. It was a, a video Denny put out there of having asking Marcus some interesting questions, off off the wall questions. So you get to know uh, <laughs> Mar- you get to know Marcus a little bit more too. So Denny, man, thank yeah, you so. much.
1: Really- if we release the outtakes of that, which we may do, <laughs> that's going to blow up. That's hysterical. But yeah, man, anytime, anytime, man, love. Always enjoy talking to you. You guys do amazing work. All right. Thanks, Denny. Yeah, man.
0: All right. There we go. Denny Thompson joining us right here on Gator Breakdown for that pretty cool look behind the scenes of coming from Penn State, making that hard decision to flip to Florida. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Uh, there, but look, you know, this was a name that we have kind of had on the radar for a few months, even his before his commitment to Penn State, after his commitment to Penn State, you know, with Florida come back around. Florida did Stokes commits to the Gators right here today. So let's dive into a little bit more of the type of player. Twenty four seven Sports Andrew Ivans offers this analysis of Stokes: the type of quarterback that isn't afraid to take risk and push the limits. Measures roughly 6'2", 185 pounds in spring before his senior season. Has room to add some more mass if needed. Shouldn't exactly be viewed as a dual threat talent, but is a crafty runner that's more capable of finding success and moving the chains on design runs. And yeah, if you go and look at his film, as he's got deceptive speed. He will keep defenses honest. Um, Drops as a passer when he's on the move and will squeeze the ball into tight windows as he escapes pressure, says Ivans. Serves up a rather tight spiral when use a variety of different arm angles to execute off-platform throws. A bit of a late bloomer that didn't become a full-time starter until he was a junior. Found instant success in RPO heavy spread attack leading a niche program to one of its best seasons since Tim Tebow. Was suiting up for the Panthers as he totaled over 3,000 yards of offense and had a hand in over 25 touchdowns. Will likely need a few years to get adjusted to the speed and everyday demands of big-time Power Five football, but how's the skill set to eventually emerge as a starter on Saturdays. Could also expect the way he plays can get expect some unexpected wins, but could also result in unexpected losses. So his play style kind of high risk, high, rewar- high you know high risk, high reward, uh, NFL ceiling. ceiling given competitive edge and natural feel for the position, but must keep progressing and find ways to limit mistakes. So, you know, one more year in high school. Bring, Like I said, not a lot of experience. Bring it all together. Bring the tra- training from Denny. Bring the experience from last year. All the camp settings that he's been in all summer. Bring it all together. And then maybe those mistakes come down a little bit. Um, one more uh, 24-7 sports kind of goes into uh, a little bit more detail. Uh, breakout season last year helped post a 9-4 and record um, at knee, sled the team in both passing and rushing yards as he completed just under 60% of his passes for 2,672 yards, 22 touchdowns against nine interceptions, while also totaling 496 yards and six more scores on the ground. So, like I said, if you go watch his highlights, of course, highlights are meant to be a lot of good plays uh, there. Uh, If you watch him there, throws nice on the run. Uh, I'd like to see more, you know, pocket throws, maybe the the footwork and mechanics there. I'm sure they're working on that stuff. Uh, But throwing on the runs, definitely a strength, whether it be design run, uh, design passes, design rollouts, uh, just freelancing out there just has that raw arm talent that you can't teach. I think there's plenty of potential there. like As they said, not a day-one starter. He's not going to be expected to come in and be a day-one starter for the Gators at the quarterback position. But he I mean, can be a you know, quarterback that brings in you know, some skill players uh, to go along with that. He might not be that lightning rod, five-star, top three, five quarterback in the country, but he's been around this camp circuit. Receivers out there know who he is. I mean, you've, we've seen some tweets out there. Aiden Mizell was tweeting tonight, one of Florida's top wide receiver targets, after this commitment happened. Maybe a connection to Andy Gene out there as well with Stokes. Eugene Wilson will be committing tomorrow between Florida and Texas A&M. Feel pretty good about that one we'll have another episode there <laughs> or I'm planning on having another episode on Friday. I like where Florida sits for Eugene Wilson. So I think in the near future, Florida's wide receiver core could look a little different with the commitment of Stokes. So good pickup for the Gators developmental quarterback, not asking him to come in and play day one. You know, what does that mean for quarterback? Does that mean, you know, will Jack Miller be ready to go? Will Florida hit the transfer portal to maybe bridge the gap? Have Max Brown last year as well. Jalen Kitten is still there. So, still a lot of ways to look at the Florida quarterback position. But they get a good one today in Marcus Stokes. All right, so I mentioned, you know, getting skilled players here. Well, the Gators did that. The Gators did that today, as we know, from Jacksonville, from the 904. So while we speak of skilled players, let's do it again. Gator Nation, we got to commit. Let's go to the running back position. Trey Webb, Trinity Christian Jacksonville, four-star on both services, 6'1", 205 pounds, On the 24-7 sports composite, he's the 162nd ranked running back, the 5th ranked running back in the country, top 5 running back here is Trayon Webb. On three consensus, just a little lower, they have him as the 166th overall player in the country and the 6th ranked running back in the country. So, Florida getting top 5-ish running back in the country here in Trayon Webb, of course, Legacy there. Uncle D. Webb playing for the Gators. So 24-7 Sports offers this scouting report of Webb. A methodical runner that can make people miss and shed tackles has contributed at the varsity level since he was in the 8th grade for one of Florida's top private school programs. I remember that story, you know, being here in Jacksonville and man, you got this 8th grader out there playing um, in the running back position, you, know, all over, you know, on the field and... Man, it's just, should should a decorator be out there? You see it every once in a while. But uh, yeah, so came alive as a junior in the 3A state playoffs, totaling 876 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns in just four games. 876 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns in just four games. He was a little injured last year. Does a nice job of using his initial burst to hit the hole hard, fine green grass has enough w- wiggle to occasionally get out of trouble if a play breaks down as he's shown that he can sidestep defenders or spin away from them. Shouldn't exactly be considered a power back, power back given his build, listen at 6'1", 205, but he has developed a rather effective stiff arm, which helps, a f- which helps keep him upright, A squatty base, lower center of gravity, also makes him hard to bring down in the open field, at least under the lights in Duval County. Has won some foot races throughout his prep career, but seems to lack a true top-end gear. However, likely only to get more explosive once lifting in a college weight room, has posted some respectable times on the track, hasn't been asked to catch the ball all that much while operating out of a spread single back attack, but has shown in the offseason on 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 7-on-7 circuit that he can be more than just a check-down option. Likely to emerge as a multi-year contributor at the Power 5 level, and possibly an impact player on Saturdays if he keeps progressing and avoids injury. Also has a little position amb- ambiguity. Yeah, ambiguity. There we go. To him, as he impressed while doubling as a defensive back in the past. At minimum, that experience will make him more valuable in special teams. So if you go back to last year in 2021, as I mentioned, he was hobbled a bit, had a hamstring injury, but really came alive in those state playoffs for Trinity Christian. They won 3A state title, and those stats, I mean, just under 900 yards, 10 touchdowns in the final four games of the season. And he was just dealing with that hamstring injury. I don't even think he was 100%, and he's sitting there just dominating in the most important part of the season. As I mentioned, cousin of D-Webb, five-star cornerback coming out of Jacksonville, Ed White, that signed with Florida back in 2003. Good genes there, of course, selected by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the seventh round of the 2006 NFL draft. So, guys, we know this one, Florida needed to wrap this one up. This was one Florida needed to have. He was a a target for this staff as soon as they came in. I mean, he he listed a top 11 earlier this year that didn't even include Florida. He had been previously committed to Oklahoma and Georgia there was not a connection, much of a connection to the old staff. For whatever reason, I mean, okay, for whatever reason. I think we pretty much know the reasons there. To just, for whatever reason, didn't seem to prioritize Trayon Webb right up the road in Jacksonville at Trinity Christian for, for whatever reason. And we've discussed that link for you know, players in the state to stay at Florida. Players in Jacksonville. You know, a an hour, 90-minute drive up the road, needing to be Gators. Billy Napier realized that. You know, Florida needs some playmakers, some difference makers. State's filled with them this year. And there's one right up the road in Jacksonville and Trey on Webb. This new staff hit it right away. Great relationship with Billy Napier and Jabbar Jaluk. Those guys leading the charge along with, I saw you guys share it. I saw the Discord popping as we were live right here, I mean, a great relationship with Katie Turner and Bree Wade as well helped make up so much ground that this new staff had to come in and rebuild that relationship. I mean, this should have been a layup to begin with, but the last staff put it where the new staff had so much ground to make up with or make up. Running back recruiting, we know kind of has just suffered at a high school level. It was time to get it back, and it was time to, you know, f- to nail this recruitment. With Jacksonville not being far away, the staff web took advantage of it, linked up multiple times, so many times on campus this past spring. When you go back a little bit, he was close to committing back off, back in March, held off. Then we got, you know, visits and other vis- visits to other schools. Then we get that June 30th commit date. And he delays to July 11th. That was supposed to be just coming up Monday, but he goes ahead and pulls the trigger early. Same day as Stokes, Florida gains two from the 904. You know, Napier's made it known that, that you know, two Web that it is important to get in-state talent. It's important to stay home. It's a top priority. And this is per- a perfect example of that. Able to fend off other schools. I know there were some Penn State crystal balls coming in. They were flying in. I kept trying to tell you guys I, I felt good about this one. <laughs> yeah, being here in Jacksonville and, and some other avenues there, that was felt too good about this one. I, I, don't, I didn't care what crystal balls were coming in and where they were coming from. Trayon Webb was going to be a game. This, this staff was going to be tough to overcome. So now you, you pair with, with this new staff, pair Webb with Trevor ETN from the last cycle. And you have two top 200 running backs recruited so far from this staff. Etienne was the 187th ranked player in the class of 2022 and a 14th ranked, rated running back in the last class. So before that, we have to go all the way back to the class of 2019 for the last running back signed out of high school. For the Gators. Naquan Wright. He was the 261st ranked player. 16th 16th rate running back. In that class. Year before. 2018. Damian Pierce. Dan Bullen's first class. Got a running back there. He was the 201st ranked player. 8th best running back in the class of 18. But we know Florida was able to grab Lingard. Able to grab Bowman. Even though he's gone. But grabbed those guys out of the portal. That counts to some degree. But recruiting the position better out of high school was a must. It was a huge priority, especially for the style of offense that we know Billy Napier has run historically. If he's still going to do some of that, he, he needs you know, high school running back recruiting. Was able to bring Johnson in from Louisiana. You had Lingard already here. Bowman transfers away. You know, but overall, looking at the big picture, High school running back recruiting was going to have to be much better. And especially this cycle with the state of Florida running backs. Got one, one of your top targets in Webb. Hopefully Florida isn't done. Webb in the fold, When the focus now shifts, of course, to, to Cedric Baxter. I know all the Texas stuff out there uh, and everything that graphics already being made for his commitment and his commitment like it was upcoming, but now he what August I believe now. So you know, Florida's still going to do their work there. It's not over till it's over. Staff's looking for two running backs in this class. You know, pairing of Baxter to go along with Webb and Etn. As far as high school recruits go, that would set up Napier and Jaluk pretty nicely <laughs> early in their tenure here at Florida. Already recruited the position well with Webb and ETM, but you you add a back like Baxter. You know, it sends a message that, that high-level recruiting at this position is here to stay. High-level in-state recruiting is trending for this staff if you go and, and get a running back like Baxter. So a, a lot of different ways to look at this by getting Webb and what you can do in high school recruiting to make it even better. And I know him decommitting twice will, will stick in the minds of some out there. Uh, That was part of the reason I didn't even believe he would maybe even come to Florida. But, you know, the the hope is this one's different. Uh, Proximity to home, family connection. He says he wanted this to be his final decision. He wasn't going to make the decision until he was ready. His approach, the staff's approach, makes me feel comfortable. You know, he sticks with Florida, even if somebody like Baxter comes along. You know, but it's worth bringing up. We, We know the history there. So, right, big day, big day here. For the Gators, two commits from the Jacksonville area. Marcus Stokes, quarterback at a Ponte Vedra. And Trayon Webb, running back at a Trinity Christian. And what does that do? Well, it, it raises the Gators a bit in the rankings. With these commitments, the Gators ranked 15th in the own three rankings. And 26th in the 24-7 sports rankings. So... I said Eugene Wilson tomorrow we'll see when the um, Quavio commits as well both those guys could be on Friday we know Eugene Wilson is for sure he's put that date out there as I said feel still feel good about Florida there so Florida's going to get a skill player at the wide receiver position well I say that but should be getting a skill player at the wide receiver position is it listed as an athlete but pretty sure wide receiver at Florida We'll get into more of his, you know, if he commits, more of his background, what he brings to the table. But that's the immediate future, it looks like. You know, as we kind of sit here, always ask who could be next. Thought it was going to be Webb on Monday, maybe, after Wilson, but Webb went ahead, pulled the trigger, early commit for him with the pairing of Marcus Stokes. So, all right, that would do it. For this episode of Gators Breakdown, everybody thinks I know a lot of us are excited here uh, for uh, these two commit. Hopefully, Florida's not done anytime soon. July—I mean, it's July 7th as we sit here and record this. A lot of targets out there for the month of July. This is going to be a busy month. This is going to tell us a whole lot about the direction of recruiting. It's not the end-all, be-all, as you know, as we've mentioned. Last couple weeks, last week, I know there was a lot of bad news. I mean, look, just take the area of Jacksonville in in, in and of itself. Lately, good news. You missed out on Kearney, the offensive lineman that went to FSU. You missed out on Howard, the linebacker that goes to South Carolina. Kearney, I, I, I know what he said about Florida. And not really feeling the the vibe at Florida. You no, know, that's. I think you you keep you keep your keep your interest there if you can. You know who knows what happens with Norville and FSU if they have another bad year. Um, you know you, you keep the conversation going. You keep the relationship. Maybe see if you can rebuild the relationship in his eyes a bit. If something happens at FSU. Maybe you know you slide him over uh, if something like that happens. But yeah, you know, those were two. Jacksonville commits. It didn't look good. The start in Jacksonville didn't look good for Florida this cycle. And then boom, Sharif Denson. Boom, Marcus Stokes. Boom, Trayon Webb. So look, story still be still being written. You know, I, I jokingly tweet the, the 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 gif out there on Twitter of a roller coaster. It's exactly what this is. It's exactly what it is right now. You know, Florida's way up there, and hopefully that's like, for most of it. We stay, we stay up there. Keep, keep, keep actually you know keep climbing just a bit. that's where we go that's where we that's where we go from here so all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown hopefully be back on Friday um, with the commitment right there of course of Eugene Wilson we'll be on the lookout for that one but everybody thank you so much for joining if you're on that YouTube version hit that like button hit that subscribe button one more time reminder there with that to do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown, I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.